Segabits presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things with your hosts, George and Barry. Sega Talk, this is episode number 22, and if you saw the title, you know we're talking about Kenobi. I'm your host, George, and with me is Barry. I would be silent like a ninja. And uh, if you guys didn't know, Sega Talk is part of our Patreon, so if you go to patreon.com slash Sega, I mean uh, Sega Bits, not Sega Talk, you could pick the next episode we talk about. This time I picked Shinobi because I feel it's a very important title in Sega history and it kind of doesn't get the praise it deserves because the sequels were way more popular than the original. Um, this actually happened to a lot of Sega early games, but if... Oh yeah, I, 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 before we get right into the game, I want to say that I finally put this podcast on Spotify. If you guys use Spotify, check it out on there. It's also on YouTube, RSS feed, iTunes. And if you're on iTunes, leave us a review. We appreciate it. But let's get right into the episode. So we always like to open up these episodes by talking about our history with the franchise. So uh, we're going to talk mostly about the arcade original. So Barry, what's your history with Shinobi on arcade? (sighs) Boy, this this is is one of those games that... that... I don't, I don't think, think I ever saw an arcade as a kid. I know I played the sequels on the Genesis, probably through like rentals, things like that. I never owned them as a kid. Um, but I do remember playing, owning and playing and loving Sega's Dick Tracy. And I late, later learned way down the line that I don't know if it shared a development team. I have to look more into the history of it, but it definitely plays like a Shinobi game for sure. So they must have been borrowing code or something. But um, yeah, I wish I could say more about the arcade release. Uh, obviously, Galloping Ghost near me has it, so I've played it a lot there. What do you think about the arcade? Like, it's a, it's a very um, early Sega arcade. It's like even low budget, it feels like, compared to obviously uh, AM2 arcade cabinets that are massive. Right, um, yeah. It's just like a very simplistic art. The art is even simplistic on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very simplistic. simplistic. You, you get in playing it and you're like, you're so used to the sequels that you're playing it and you're like, oh, I guess this is it, right? Is anything going to happen? Oh, okay, this is it. <laughs> you know, like, um, I have played the Master System version right? Game Gear version. Um, and I, I can't recall how similarly they played, but it's, I mean, it's a classic. <laughs> We're talking about it now. Um, yeah. But what's your experience with it? Um, like the Master System, in my opinion, like graphically, this, this one, the arcade version is a lot better. Um, my first experience with Shinobi on arcade my experience with Shinobi is obviously like everybody else, Revenge of Shinobi, where you know they put it in, in like a bunch of compilations. It was really popular. Mm. Uh, three uh, Shadow Dancer, I even played after that. But the ar- actual arcade of uh, Shinobi, uh, it was like when I was in high school. I went to stay at a friend's house, and he he's like, "Oh, that room right there, that, that that's where my dad keeps his old crap." <laughs> And so I w- we went in there one day, and he had a Shinobi arcade machine. In there. What the? And so 
he had that one and a bunch of parts for another machine that he was working on. Wow. So, so I was impressed, obviously. I've always been a Sega fan. Uh, this is like uh, during the Dreamcast era. So I was like, we got to plug it in. We got to play it. So that was the first time I ever played the actual arcade. Uh, after that, I played it on uh, MAME, so like everybody else. I don't have a, I've never had a place that actually carried the arcade machine. Mm. I did remember thinking like this is very early, like late 80s arcade in America. It even had those like joysticks I don't like. <laughs> um, so it, I, so that's why I remember about it. Um, I do think the new games are a lot better. And I like the Master System version because of all the upgrades they did on it. Mm -hmm. But I, oh, I can't stand the graphic downgrade. Like once you play a game in the arcade and then you go home back then, it was such a like... It, sometimes it was like it almost broke your heart that you had to go back and not see those cool graphics. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, for, for sure. sure. I mean, when I've I've, I've played, played so many games, games Sega, Sega games that, that were on home console at the arcade years later. later. So, so, like, like the, the first time, time I played this and a lot of other Sega games at arcades, probably like five, ten, fifteen years after experiencing the console version, I'm like, oh, it looks good. You know, like it looked good before, but I'm like, this is like. It's, it's the, the, the equivalent of like going from VHS to Blu-ray. You're, you're just, just like, like, holy shit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, and in and some cases, cases, the game's better. better. Like, not, no, no, not to throw shade at Moonwalker. I know there's a lot of Moonwalker fans on Genesis, but the arcade version's a lot better. <laughs> it's like a different game. It's so much better. Yeah. That game blew my mind when I saw it on... Um, it was like a, this mall that we used to have. used to have a little arcade place. Mm -hmm. And they had that game there. And there was like a line of people, I remember, playing that game. And I just remember thinking, like, the animation was really cool. That's what really got me mm -hmm. compared to, like, the ones on console. And it's a totally different game, like you said. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so we're going to talk about development. Uh, the original Shinobi uh, is one of those games that did not get that much exposure. It felt like it just came out. Like, they were like, all right, we made it, now pull it out, and people really liked it. Um, we don't even really know the Japanese developers behind the title, since they all went under pseudonyms. Oh. This was really popular back in the olden days. We know some of them now, because they've come out, and we'll talk about one of the main guys, but some of the, <laughs> I put some, I put all their names right here. Uh, obviously, a couple of them, like uh, the guy that made the music and the guy that directed the game, mm -hmm. had their names on here. But like other people were like Super Hag Hagar. It's like <laughs> just made up names. Um, right. Uh, Sugashan26. That's not a real name. But uh, it's, so that, that's pretty interesting. And what's your whole thoughts about Japanese developers wanting other companies not to poach their talent so they force them to use nicknames? That's literally the history behind it. I mean, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's a, a smart, smart move, move, but I, I, I can't, can't see in this modern world that ever being possible. possible. What with uh, people, people looking at people's backgrounds, social media stuff. stuff. But I mean, it's, it's it is a weird practice back then because, because I, you know, you, know, you look, look at um, old Atari game cartridges here in America, and like it was a huge deal because they were putting their names out there. Like you, I, I can't still can't believe you know you pick up like Pitfall or something. And the manual inside talks about the guy who made it, his first name, last name, he writes a note to you. It's like, I really feel like they were probably lifting from Marvel Comics with Stan Lee, you know, how they, the writers and artists kind of became stars in their own right. Um, and I think that was kind of shifting to video games, even movies in a sense, though you still 
wouldn't see like, I don't know, like Steven Spielberg wouldn't like be writing a note inside of your VHS tape saying, hey, moviegoer, thanks for watching my movie. I bet you're wondering, you know. Um, but it's weird. It is weird that they would give him code names. Um, yeah, and this has happened with a lot of early Sega games and a lot of other companies. It's not just Sega. And um, the, if you guys look online after the whole Konami uh, thing happened with Hideo Kojima, a lot of people have been writing articles about how how basically Japanese publishers uh, mistreat employees, even if you are an all-star employee. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting if you guys want to see that. But this is about Shinobi and... According to the original staff credits, the original game was developed by Sega AM1, who later became uh, Sega Software R&D Department 1, and in 99 became WoW Entertainment and then started changing, so let's not get too into that. Wow. We also know that the game was directed and designed by Yutaka Sagano, who later went on to work on Sega hits like Skype, Target, Crackdown, and Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, he didn't do that much in Sonic the Hedgehog. I think almost everybody at Sega in this point had a hand in something with Sonic the Hedgehog yeah. too. But mm-hmm. have you ever played uh, Sky Target and Crackdown? And do you think there's like <sighs> something to like I don't know even compare it to this game that he Sky created? Sky Target. That's the Saturn game, right? Uh, I think it's on Saturn, but I, I'm pretty sure it's an arcade game, and uh, it's like a afterburner yeah. game. I want to say, but I might be wrong. I, I have played that. It's pretty good. Um, and then the other game you mentioned was um, Crackdown. I own that, Crackdown. and I think that's pretty cool. I need to play it more often. It seems like it's a really good like two player game, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but it's. I mean, I can see the similarities. Uh, more between Crackdown and Shinobi than Sky Target and Shinobi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, he left Sega in 1999 to. Sh- uh, basically, he, he joined Artoon, mm-hmm. which uh, had the guy that co created. That was created by the guy that co created uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. And then he became a vice president of Artsist, which made small apps for the Nintendo systems like Play, uh, Wii Play Ooh. Motion, uh, Street Pass, Me Plaza. <laughs> And then later on, has uh, their latest game they actually worked on was uh, Mario and Luigi's Bowser's Inside Story plus Bowser's Junior's Journey on 3DS. Wow. Which that game is, I think, a port. So they're just porting a game to 3DS. Mm. So, uh, so I guess he's not as high as he used to be in the making That's games. a shame. Nah, that is a shame. The game was one of the Sega Mega Hits that was developed for the Sega System 16 arcade board, which had four different upgrades to it. Shinobi was developed on the Sega 16A board, which was the second uh, revision of the board, and had uh, t- um, the other titles that were basically developed for it were Tetris and Fantasy Zone. So those are the three big titles, Shinobi, Tetris, and Fantasy hmm. Zone. Um and uh, the 16B had other games like Alien Syndrome, Alter Beast, Golden Axe, and ESWAT. Uh, do you think there's like a big jump from Shinobi to uh, the 16, uh, System 16B board? Like ESWAT, Golden Axe, Altered Beast, and Alien Syndrome? Do you think mm-hmm. like compared to Fantasy Zone and Tetris? Because to me, I know that like... Altered Beast and like Golden Axe and right. ESWAT, they're bigger yeah. games. Like they're just bigger. 
Um, but at the same time, I just feel like maybe that's all they really did. They just allowed them to make bigger games. But like graphically, I would rank them like Fantasy Zone is a nice right. looking game. So is Shinobi. But I don't know. Golden Axe is that much better in my opinion. Yeah, I. I it's hard to say. I, I think Shinobi is actually pretty graphically great looking compared to those others. Um, and this is on a, a less powerful board, on the- correct? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I mean, it is an impressive game in that sense, um, though I wouldn't I wouldn't put it too far above Golden Axe or the likes. Um, do you know exactly what like the technical differences are? Like, what are they? Hmm. Cap- what What's the capability differences? Supposedly, what I've saw on the Sega Six uh, Sega Retro Wikipedia, mm-hmm. they said that uh, it had better sound. I think more RAM, and uh, so it could hold, I guess, more textures. Hmm. Or more uh, palettes of color, I guess, too. And so I think Golden Axe is probably the best-looking System 16 game that I played. Because, well, I'm not counting Fantasy Zone 2 because that one was made in 2008. So it's a big gap. But uh, Golden Axe was probably the one made in the 80s that was the best. Because they even used, like, I think they used all the capacities to the max. Like, they even had, like, voices and screams from movies. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. They used it from Conan the Barbarian, obviously. And we did an episode on Golden Axe. You guys could hear us talk about that. But uh, how would you rank Shinobi? You think it's one of the top five, at least? Yeah, I definitely would. And I mean, it is an important game in Sega's history. You've even seen um, Sega now. Like, it's clear that behind the scenes there, um, you know, PR people probably did some surveys and found out what the popular franchises are. Because Shinobi is continually tossed out there with... um, uh, Streets of Rage, and what's the other one they always have, like, merch for? Altered Beast, for some reason. Um, They like it. And you know what's funny? Because every time we bash it on Twitter, people, like, yell at us. Like, there are people that legitimately like Altered Beast. I mean, good for them, uh, I guess, right? (laughs) I wish I liked it. You refused to do that. I wish I did. Yeah, you refused. Yeah. We've been wanting to do an Altered Beast episode, but it's kind of hard, though, because, like, I don't want to, like, make an episode where I bash a classic. Like, Altered Beast is yeah. a classic. There's reasons why it's known to everybody. But, uh, yeah. Uh, it's kind of hard to, like, praise it when your first game was Golden Axe. I think that's yeah. our problem. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the things that I noticed, uh, uh, if you play—we even talked about this right now, Dick Grayson, yeah. right? Is uh that sh- the Shinobi gameplay was like reused by Sega? Like there was the Alex Kidd game, which was more on obviously on right. purpose. The Michael Jackson Moonwalker game on the Genesis. Uh, Dick Tracy, like you said, had Shinobi gameplay with. It was quotes. so good too. But did you know? Sorry. <laughs> did you know? Oh, sorry. I know. Did you know Shinobi actually copied its core gameplay from Namco's Rolling Thunder that was released no, a year prior? Don't did tell you know me. That? I didn't. I didn't know that either, and I really felt bad because, like, uh, damn it. it's kind of you're looking at God it, aren't damn you? Damn it! It did right, one hundred percent. Well, that's the end. The only th- <laughs> the only thing that Shinobi did differently that, like, I guess made it stand out was that they had those uh, bonus games where it was a super. You're throwing the the ninja stars and killing the ninjas. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, but besides that, the core gameplay was from Namco's Rolling Thunder. You obviously didn't know that. Does it change your opinion on the Sega Classic? Or 
I don't know. No, it doesn't. It doesn't change it. It's just kind of disappointing. Um, but then again, I mean, a lot it of these is, ninja yes. games were very similar. Um, I, mm. We're gonna be talking about some ninja games. Yeah, later. yeah. But so, what did Shinobi do? Did Shinobi do the like ducking, kicking thing? Did they? Was that their thing? Or I, I, I think they did. A, I don't know. I'm not even. I haven't even played Rolling Thunder to be honest with you. I didn't even know it existed until I started doing uh, research right. on this. So that shows you how much more popular this idea was than uh, Namco's. But this is like a a trend in arcades. Like, I'm not really that upset because uh, how many great arcade games did we get because somebody copied somebody else's ideas? Uh, One of the bigger examples I could think of is uh, Virtual Cop being copied by Time Crisis. They added their own spin to it, and it's, I think, a big enough spin for it to be its own game. Well... Shinobi, all that I felt like it did was add uh, ninjas, which are way cooler. Right. Sorry, uh, Rolling Thunder. <laughs> and um, and they added those cool little bonus levels, at least for what I've seen in uh, my research, and like power-ups. So maybe Rolling Thunder has that. I, maybe I should play it one day and do a, a comparison video. That'd be cool. That'd be great. But uh, yeah. So... Um, so basically, the name is uh, the name of the game is called Shinobi for a reason. It's Japanese for ninjas, and ninjas are badass, especially in the '80s in America. Everybody had ninja fever, martial arts fever. Everybody wanted to be a karate master. I'm pretty sure I wanted to be a Ninja Turtles growing up. So, just a ninja that happened to be a, born a turtle, which obviously is not possible. Right. So I had to change. I had to change my dreams <laughs> quick. Um. Uh, we had a, a we had a bunch of Asian movies. Uh, did you remember growing up uh, the whole ninja kung fu craze? I know there was Ninja Turtles, like I talked about. Uh, there was also like a bunch of these like American. I'm ninja waiting for you to say my favorite to... one. Can you guess what it is? Which one? Oh, Surf mm, Ninjas. No, it's close. Just tell it's a number so they can know. Surf Ninjas. Oh, no, three four. ninjas. American Ninja. Three ninja. Oh, sh- yeah, that was yeah, good. Yeah, okay. Remember that? And then they had three nin- three ninjas kick back, and then three ninjas knuckle up. I've seen them all too. One of them was when the Indian reservation, I think right? So. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I'm trying to remember the other one. But yeah, I, I, me and my brother used to watch uh, the three ninjas. I remember, uh, I remember specifically one time we watched it, and I was so hyped after watching it. Yeah. That we we're gonna go wash our teeth in the bathroom, yeah. And then I just like I just like for no reason turned around and kicked him in the chest because I wanted to see what it was like because the movie <laughs> did it. And my 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 mom's like, no more ninja movies for you guys, no more three ninjas. It was so disappointing. Did you take? I, I don't know if the movie. Did you take sorry, karate huh? classes because of the movies? Because of the craze? I, I I wanted to. My parents were like, no, that's not gonna I, happen. Um, we're not paying. I for took that. one karate class, one or two, but it was l- really late at night, so it was like kind of difficult for my mm. parents to maintain. Um, mm. But I learned the punch. I learned like you do that. You like twist your nu- your hands so you have. I'm doing it on the camera. Like your hands upside down, and then you shift. Boom, boom, and then you go high, and then you go low. And so, like, the first thing I did was I went to school and I punched a kid in the stomach. <laughs> I mean, that's obviously what we all wanted to do, yeah. right? It's like, just in case anybody fucks with us at school, mm-hmm. we know. Um, so, yeah, the Ninja Craze was uh, pretty big. Obviously, a bunch of companies uh, 
chimed in. I'm going to be going through some 80 titles. These are all came out in the 80s. I'll tell you guys the year it came out afterwards. Ninja Kid, 1984. Saboteur, 85. Sega Ninja, which is Yuji Naka's first game. It's an arcade hmm. title. 1985. Ninja in 1986. Kid Nikki Radical Ninja in 86. The Last Ninja in 1987 and it's not no, the last ninja game we're going to talk about uh ninja spirit on the 19 in 1988 there's there's actually a really popular tg16 port that is uh, worth playing of this one uh maria mari ninja mirai mirai there you go yes ninja in 1988 another beat-em-up game ninja gaiden which i think is the most popular of the of all of these games mm-hmm. on the list Wrath of the Black Manta, and obviously 1989, the massively popular Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is probably the other, these are probably the top three games, right? Shinobi, yeah. Ninja Gaiden, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from oh, the 80s sure. and arcades. Yeah. Um, which, why do you think there was so many like ninja games, and why do you think Sega's Shinobi stood out from the pack? Do you think it just got lucky? It just got popularity somewhere, or was Sega really that much ahead of the curve it's, of all these ninja boys? I mean, I think the ninja craze came out of probably uh, there was a lot of um, movie, for like foreign films coming over to America. I think the videos, the VHS craze really kicked things off because a lot of companies were looking for content to put out there, and it was really easy to buy these cheap like ninja and martial arts movies and bring them to the West and just slap them on a tape, give them a bad dub, um, you know, and, and release it as something new, give it a new title. And, you know, more often than not, they'd play up the ninja craze. And I think they even call things like Kung Fu when it wasn't Kung Fu or Ninja when it wasn't a ninja. Um, and I think that played into video games. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was, what was that? Early eighties, I think when it first came out. And that was kind of a reaction to a lot of the grim, dark, like comic books at the time and so it was taking things that you wouldn't think would be a grim dark comic book and they made it as a joke but then people actually liked it so they kept it going yes um and so i think it was a part of that um so it was part ninja turtles craze part vhs uh rental craze impacting video games as for you know like the games here like uh I think Shinobi stands out because it's so simple. Like, yeah. and, and I mean that in the sense that it's it's unique because the name Shinobi is not in use by any of these other ones, so it actually stands out. But at the same time, you look at it and it's just straight up ninja. The whole game, ninja. There's nothing like weird or off-putting <laughs> about it. And so it's it, it kind of becomes... What am I trying to say? Sort of like how Outrun is just like red car driving forward. Like, you know what you're yeah. getting. It's not like you're like, have you heard of this game called Shinobi? Are you a ninja? Well, you're a ninja, but... And then there's all these but... like weird stipulations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I, I have to agree with you on the on the aspect about VHS. I think we that is a big deal because like Shinobi came out in 87. Right. So let's say... And so, and then you see Gaiden is 88, and then the the first Ninja Turtle game in 89. Yeah. There's like a correlation there when they're like back to back to back, right? right? 
going into the 90s. And then that's when we started seeing like Revenge of Shinobi, Shinobi 3, Shinobi on Game Gear. It's like, oh my God, there's like nine games before we even hit 94, right? They were just milking these ninja games yeah, out. Yeah, and there's was. so many ninja movies too. I mean, I typed into Google 80s ninja movie. Oh my God, dude. American Ninja, you remember, have you ever seen uh, that one? I'm looking at the cover art and I want to see it now. Um, there was Enter the Ninja. Like every Y kid's dream. <laughs> I know, exactly. I mean, that's the thing too, is they have those. Here's uh, the Octagon with Chuck Norris. Looks like there's ninjas in that. Ooh. The Elemental Ninjas, American Ninja 2, Ninja in the Dragon's Den. So a lot of these look like they're 70s films that were released in the 80s to um, American yeah. audiences. Have you seen, he's not a ninja, but like Samurai Cop? Yes, I have. I seen like that one. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a, that's a classic. <laughs> Even though there's like no real ninja, there's I mean, no like samurais samurai, either. First of all, but there's no samurai yeah. either. There's like nothing to do with Japanese culture. It's just like let's just get this name and like I guess sell yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it sounds badass though. The name of the yeah. movie. Oh, for sure. It's a uh, very okay. <laughs> so, uh. <clears throat> uh so we touched briefly that the game has uh, you playing as uh, – well, actually, we didn't even talk about this. But Joe Musashi is the main character Joe. who must free children from the evil Zed organization. That's how you say it, right? Zed? Zed. Zed. Uh, so here's the actual, I guess, story, the official story. So if you guys didn't know the official story, it's right here. A dangerous group of evil criminals have taken people and are holding them as hostages. Musashi, a master of ninjutsu and other martial arts, fights single-handedly in the opponent's territory on a mission to rescue the hostages <laughs> and wipe out the band of villains. Wow. So, um, what's your <laughs> what's your opinion on this? And I, I, I didn't put it on here, but I'll talk a little bit about it after your answer. But there's an actual timeline that people, like, for Joe Musashi and how he trained. Yeah. And this is officially his first mission for his clan. And uh, so it is basically a simple rescue mission. There was hostages from his uh, clan, supposedly in the fan lore mm -hmm. that uh, they stole. I think, I think this is like in the newer games, but, uh, but the first game is supposed to be his first mission. And like, what do you think about the idea of like, I guess ha helping kidnap victims? Uh, that's fine. I <laughs> I think the story's. I mean, to be honest, the name Joe always threw me. Like, is that? I guess that is a Japanese name, though, because um, we have uh, the guy who did the music for the um, Studio Ghibli movies, right? His first name's Joe. Joe Hayashi. But I'm pretty sure I I, I read this before, and I, I should have done more research on it. But I'm pretty sure that they try to sell him in America as a half. American half Japanese uh, person, hmm. so like very much like uh, American Ninja, where like, hey, you're not Japanese, but you could maybe be Jap. You might be able to be a ninja, kind yeah. of a dream that a lot of Americans uh, had back then. It's yeah, I mean, um, just in looking at the manual for Shinobi, uh, at least on the Master System, I don't think they bring that up, but I'm surprised that they do like stick to. You know, it says here, um, it passes down through father and son, Joe Mus Musashi, that's who you are, and it doesn't really get into any more than that. Though I will say the cover art, he does look like a white man. Yeah. Yes. And uh, it, it depends on which version you see. Um, the I think my favorite version of the cover 
is uh for the master system is the japanese oh, sure. one because it looks like a japanese movie poster yeah. looks amazing i'll put it on the screen for people that are watching on youtube yeah. video but yeah it's pretty cool. yeah and the pc um, engine has that cover art too it looks pretty cool so this is back in the day where uh i guess story i mean i think even in sega genesis like we would play games like golden axe and we'd be like cool there's a guy that's evil and we're gonna knock the shit out of him that was our mission that's what we went in there for we weren't really thinking about it and i think the story is so obvious that they didn't even need to write mm-hmm. this obviously like just playing the game what are you doing rescuing people there's a bunch of people with guns and they're trying to kill right. you pretty pretty obvious what the story is so i don't think they needed it it's nice to have but yeah um so now we're going to talk about the arcade soundtrack a lot of people i guess don't give it the respect it deserves uh it it basically gets kind of base it gets like overshadowed by other games like return of shinobi that had uh yuzo kishiro on mm-hmm. it but the soundtrack was actually written by oh man i'm gonna butcher this guy's name i have to do the translation real quick asahiro kayawakami hmm. who did the soundtrack and he only worked at sega very briefly he worked at on the arcade version of tetris which is coming to the sega genesis mini if you never played it now you have a chance to play <laughs> it at home crackdown and cyber police eSWAT. he left in 1990 to join square um so yeah he left sega pretty early right at, almost right after actually a year after or a few years after he made the soundtrack mm-hmm. so what are your thoughts about i mean just him not getting the respect for his soundtrack. Like, we got in the Revenge of Shinobi re-release on on vinyl, and we also got Shinobi three, but not the first Shinobi. Uh, what do you think about that? Like, that he this soundtrack is put under the other games. It's a shame. I mean, it is a great soundtrack. I don't know if it's as iconic as the later games, but then again, it might be because they were kind of pushing his work like under the rug while other composers came in did their own thing. Um, I, I think it is a shame, too, that we don't talk about, like, these composers as much as we do, like, Yuzo Koshiro or um, mm. or even Hideki Naganuma. Like, even he's like, I don't work for Sega. I was a contractor. <laughs> like, please stop. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's kind of weird because I remember when I was playing the first game, I, I literally thought the guy that wrote Revenge of Shinobi was... Like, not that he was lifting from this right. game, but that he was um, basically borrowing, like, the structure. There's, like, a feel to the soundtrack where it feels like kind of, I don't want to say, like, um, it's kind of stereotypical Japan. Like, what Americans think of, like, don't, 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 don't. Like, you know, like, weird sounds yeah. like that that he used in the soundtrack, which some people would be like, if I made a soundtrack like this, people would be like, man, that's pretty racist, dude. But, like. <laughs> I don't know. It just gave you the feeling of being in the streets in like Japan or something. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, uh, I think they perfected it in the later soundtracks. That's why this one isn't ass knowing. Like we don't even hear about Iswa Crackdown or the Tetris soundtrack. Yeah. You know, like we never hear about those either. So I feel like, I don't know, maybe something he did at Sega really pissed somebody off that they just buried all these games that he worked on basically under because while Shinobi is his most popular mm-hmm uh soundtrack it is technically a buried game because how many times have we actually seen the arcade port 
And I know it's coming to Sega Ages soon, but like be besides that, like maybe three times in the last twenty five years or something. Yeah, it's probably so, yeah. one of the most important Sega games to not see re releases. <laughs> yeah. Know? And uh, where do you like? I, I guess if you rank them, would Shinobi this one be on like the bottom of your soundtrack list? Because I was thinking about it myself, and yeah, I think it would be. Yeah. So maybe not. Maybe some of the Game Gear games go a little bit above it, but like, I mean, under it. But like, you know, overall, I feel like yeah, I guess there's a reason why. Like, I don't want to be a dick to the guy, but maybe he tried doing the sequel to it he might have done something different but it's 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 hard to like these early games only had like eight tracks right so it's like really hard yeah i mean i'm giving it a listen right now and it's i mean it's good i just i i don't know if it's if if it's not clicking with me as much because it hasn't been like pushed on me as much by sega um as some of the mm. other soundtracks and composers like Imagine if they just kept talking about this dude and like his music and we'd be sitting here today going, it's a classic. It's, it's amazing. I have the vinyl. Do you have the vinyl? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, I, I agree. And it's one of those uh, dirty, I mean, I want to say like, like literally if you look at the team that created, I think there's like seven people that made this mm -hmm. game. Like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people made this game. It's one of those like, Oh, these guys are just making this game. Like, there are so many games being worked at Sega. So many bombs mm -hmm. that, like, they released that they probably never even thought this game was going to be popular. Right. And they didn't think of it that far ahead. Right. But anyway, until they started making the sequels. Um, so, what, what, this game is so popular that the original Shinobi arcade hit in 1987 had almost, like, how many? Nine ports before the 1990s. Um, it was ported to the Sega Master System, the NES, uh, Z uh, ZX Spectrum, the Commodore 64, Commodore PC, Atari ST, Amiga, DOS, PC, and PC Engine. Mm -hmm. Which Can we just call them all PC computers? <laughs> but anyway, uh, one of the most popular of the early ports was the Sega Master System version, which hit home consoles in 1988 and had some altered uh, mechanics from the arcade version. Uh, I guess th they took away the one-hit death. Uh, rescuing op uh, hostages was not uh, it was optional mm. but I mean you basically had to do it to like get upgrades so why wouldn't you uh, and uh, you uh, your ninjutsus were gained from the bonus levels uh, it also had like different uh, multiple close range and long range weapons what do you think uh, this is probably the game the version me and you probably played the most I'm gonna assume right so do you own the Master System port of Shinobi, and what do you think about it compared to the arcade version? I do own it. Um, I I think it kind of pales in comparison to it, just in terms of the sound, um, and yeah, even the visuals yeah. a bit. But I, I think the gameplay oh, yeah. is still kind of there. Like you get a flavor of it, but that's kind of the case for a lot of Master System games. You get a flavor of it, and then you finally play the arcade version. You're kind of like it's kind of hard to go back. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's. I, I mean, I will say that the, like, NES games that were arcade Oof. ports are far more different than the Master System games that are arcade ports. Like, of course, you play Space Harrier on the Master System, and it's not going to be the same. But I think it's a far closer approximation than 
what the other consoles were doing at the time, which is why really they pushed the master system as like your arcade machine at home. Cause they're, you know, that's, that's yeah. really what it was doing for a lot of people. Definitely. And this is one of those games. I like the optional stuff that like making it a little easier. I know that some people that watch this will probably be like, no, the more hardcore the game is, the better it is. Right. Uh, the one hit death really pisses you off in the arcades. So I do like, uh, that it's not that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Outside of that, I mean, I prefer, obviously, the arcade version just because of the graphics and stuff. It's one of those things, right, like you said, once you play the arcade, it's like, oh, man, I don't know. Playing on the console is weird. Do you think that it's strange that Sega never did another port of the game on the Sega Genesis? I don't think it's strange because you look at what they were doing at the time. Um, The Genesis or the the Mega Drive launched with Space Harrier 2, so they were always moving ahead and so i think it makes sense that they would release a sequel to the mega drive and genesis um even some exclusive sequels to draw people away from the arcades into the home console and if you were releasing just another shinobi people might go well i've played that on a master system i played that in the arcades and maybe from the american perspective it would have been smart because master system didn't sell that well but I could see from the Japanese developers' perspective, they're like, well, let's move on. Let's make more sequels. Um, because they did do some... I know there was a Shinobi 2, but they didn't call it Shinobi 2, correct? Uh, no, I think in Japan they called... Well, it was just what... I guess they were trying to build Revenge of Shinobi as 2, but like I don't know. It felt like mm-hmm. the real sequel to this game was actually Shadow Dancer. Yeah. And like... And then Shinobi, Revenge of Shinobi was like an, the action first, like foray to action, like making it more action based. And then three was when they're like, all right, we're taking the action idea all the way. And that's, I don't know. They're still the same game mm-hmm. in the way they they look and how they play. But like the pacing is totally different. They get faster and faster. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and I was going to say too, um, I did find a few Shinobi tidbits. Um, I'm <laughs> paging through the Sega Arcade Revolution. And um, in our prep for this, I didn't get the time to look at it. And there's some good stuff in here. It's, it's really a, a lot of what we've always already been talking about. Um, there is a promotional ad. I'll show it here on the screen. Um, it says, after installing Shinobi, save the carton to haul your money to the bank. So it's a very arcade owner-focused ad. It shows an empty cardboard box with the word Shinobi on the side. Um <laughs> And then another funny bit, uh, well, it's not that funny, but they were talking about why they picked the name Shinobi. Um, they picked it because it sounded exotic and mystical. And That's true. Um, it does. And the Japanese sign Shinoshi is a verb describing the action of a ninja warrior, which means covertly or stealthily undercover. And um, they consulted Sega, I think this is Sega of America, were kind of like helping pick the name and everything. Um, they consulted with a Sega production engineer, and he said actually the word Yoshi used was sneaky. So I guess it's it's a very Shinoshi. It's really Yoshi is more. <laughs> so Shinobi's kind of kind of nonsense in that sense. Uh, it works a lot better than Yoshi, Shinoshi. I guess. But it would have been pretty. It would have been pretty interesting to take away the Yoshi name. And <laughs> and I will say Joe Musashi's name. 
Um, he was named for the famous samurai Miyamoto Musashi, as well Musashi. as musashi shinjo train station where the kanagawa prefecture in japan is um so it sounds like they took uh what is it shinjo and shortened it to joe <laughs> that, that makes more yeah. sense than him being half american yeah. um there's another port this is this port would never happen today because uh you know <clears throat> we have lawyers and rules this is back in the wild wild west of video games, but uh, Shinobi was also released on the Nintendo Entertainment System by Tengen in North America. This version was unlicensed and offered similar mechanics to the Master System version, only like terrible version of it. So like they removed all close wet range weapons and the grenade. They uh, while keeping only basic punches, throwing uh, daggers and piss in the pistol. Did the game have a pistol? I'm trying to remember. And the game also didn't allow you to shoot more than one shuriken at a time, hmm. even after a power-up. So it's, like, terrible. Yeah. I mean, throwing all those shurikens is part of the coolest, you know. And all vertical scrolling stages were redesigned as horizontal scrolling stages. Uh, and obviously, this version of the game was not well-received. Mm -hmm. It actually got, like, a 60% on Metacritic for an old game. So people basically hated it when it came out. And I don't know why Tengen did this. I don't know the history of it, but like they released a lot of Sega games on Nintendo without licensing it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fucking. What do you? What is your opinion on how uh, Tengen used to uh, release Sega games unlicensed on the NES? And do have you ran into them? Have you? I don't know. Do you collect them? Do you care about them? Have you played any of them? I've I've played a few on um, ROMs, you know, like, and they're fine, but they're they're nowhere near the quality of the actual original official Sega releases. Um, and I have encountered them. I actually have a few eBay like watches, like I watch them, oh. and every time I see them, I'm like, oh, it's Fantasy Zone for NES. Do I really want it though? Like, I mean, outside of Opa Opa being on an NES cart, like, do I really want it? I don't know. Who are you, who you going to impress? I mean, are you taking, like, uh, random Sega nerds into your uh, dungeon? No. And showing them your well, game collection? Well, I'll, I'll put a Sega like... nerd in my dungeon, but they're never coming out again. But, um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it is interesting to talk about Tengen. Um, I, I do believe, because that was Atari, right? Atari owned Tengen. Yeah, um, and yeah, and I I interviewed, and I don't know if he talked about this, but Chris Tang worked for Atari Tengen, um, I think more in the Genesis SNES era, and um, he did talk a bit about their practices there. So if you go back and listen to my first interview with him, he does talk about um, the time at Tengen, but I think they produced the cartridges like on site. I think they had a little factory in the parking lot or something it was some weird story so yeah they definitely oh my were, god they definitely were breaking the law <laughs> i think we were we were we were born too late can you imagine working at a place like tension and like <laughs> you're just basically making bootlegs illegal yeah. cartridges because yeah. like they were in shape like official nintendo no cartridges. so like they didn't have the license from nintendo to be making these games they definitely didn't have the license from sega to be making these games so that's kind of crazy. Like I would be like, guys, uh, don't be like we're gonna be out of business anytime. So, 
Uh, and it, don't be shocked that we're not here anymore in a couple <laughs> of months. And it's weird too because the um, Tengen Sega games, like none of them look, none of them have the right logo, none of them have like the actual art. And so I know, I know it's official in a sense, like Sega allowed them to do this, but it's like, how did that happen? That's I want to know more about this. <laughs> yeah, um, Shinobi was also ported in China to mobile i couldn't get the release date on it because it was really hard to track but it was called over there ghost ninja shinobi while in the western they dubbed it shinobi tolerance and this is a complete remake from the ground up featuring new graphics and joe looks more like hatsuma from the playstation 2 game and they also have a three hit health bar with three ninja spells uh, while this version looks really really nice graphically compared to obviously the original it was mostly panned because the controls suck because it was on mobile. Mm. Uh, have you ever heard of Shinobi Tolerance on Java phones? And what do you think of the new graphical overhaul? I've never heard of this. It's the weirdest name for like, it sounds like, it sounds like something that would be going on now. People are like, can we have a little more Shinobi Tolerance? Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, though I have seen some games, I think from around this era, that look pretty cool from Sega as well. I think, wasn't there a Sonic World Adventure, Sonic Unleashed uh, mobile game? And again, yeah, that yeah. controlled poorly, but it looked really cool. And this one, yeah. this one looks pretty sweet, actually. Mm-hmm. Except for like, when you're rescuing the kids, it's like women with scantily dressed. <laughs> Nothing wrong okay. with that, George. They're like, it's kind of creepy that he's uh, saving kids. Well, we'll make them a sex slave women. Well, that did not work oh, at all okay. for the original, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, I'm just saying like, I've never heard of this until like, I mean, I was on the internet on the old Sega forms, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. They're coming back. Oh right? yeah. Aaron Wonder, said right? they were, um, they're not coming no. back. Um, and I remember somebody posting about how they wanted this version of the game on consoles because of the new graphics. And I was kind of like, I'll look it up. I downloaded it on my uh, dad's phone because I didn't have a phone at the time. And, uh, and I played it. It, it was terrible, but. I really like the graphics. The graphics are pretty cool. Even the redesigned Joe. I don't like Joe from the original game because he doesn't have a mask on. Mm. How can you be a ninja and go undercover and not have a mask on? Come on, guy. So this one, he had a mask on and a cool scarf. So cool. Yeah. So cute. So I'm all for that. You know that. I'm all about (laughs) uh, positive cuteness. Um, uh, Okay, so now Shinobi... uh, Okay, so Shinobi's only had a few arcade perfect ports. Even though it was widely popular in the late 80s, it seemed like the sequels have gained much more of a following and overshadowed the title. The coin-up version got a Wii, Virtual Console, and Xbox Live Arcade release. It was also unlockable in Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection on PS3 and 360. Uh, Though all uh, these versions actually had small changes, like the Marilyn Monroe faces in the back. Mm Mm-hmm. Were taken out, and there was a ninja that was supposed. They kind of look like Spider Man, and they re- and they took away his color scheme. I think he was blue, so they made him green. <laughs> it, when they re released it, I don't know why Sega doesn't want to get sued. I guess. Um, why do you think? What do you think about changing minor things? Does it really ruin the port that you can't see Marilyn Monroe? Yeah, it doesn't. In one of the levels, it doesn't bother me. I know there is a group of Sega fans who get outraged over the car in Outrun being changed because of licensing oh, yeah. issues. 
Uh, and I'm sure they're freaking out too because I called it just the car and I didn't say the make and model number in the year. But like to me, the the gameplay is what overshadows just about everything. And and sure, yeah, it doesn't look like the same car. But let's be honest, like it plays the same. It's still the same music. I think once they start tweaking the gameplay and sound and music, then I'd start to get a little more upset. And I think people have to remember too that, you know, these are games from the 80s where they were either playing fast and loose with like licensing. So they were clearly ripping off Godzilla, Spider-Man, Marilyn Monroe without anybody checking, you know, like it's, it, it kind of feels like, you know, like I, I, how do I say this without being offensive? I guess I'm not being offensive. Like when, when I went to Southeast Asia, like there was stuff everywhere that was such blatant copyright, like violations, but mm-hmm. to them, they don't think, Oh, we're breaking the law. Ooh. I think that's something that's really instilled in Westerners. Like for us to be afraid to like paint Mickey mouse on the side of a building Whereas over there, it's like, well, kids like Mickey. We want kids to go to our store. Let's put Mickey on the store. And there's no thought to it being like them breaking the law. It's just like, well, this is something people like. So let's put it on our thing and more people will like it. And I kind of get that vibe with some of the stuff Sega was doing where they're like, well, we need a famous woman on a billboard. Marilyn Monroe's famous. Put her on the billboard. You know, I don't think they were trying yeah. to break the law. And then on the other side, we have stuff like OutRun with their licenses and um, and even actually a lot of the AM2 stuff had licensing. Um, oh, yeah. And so I don't fault them for not being able to continue those licensing deals like 20, 30 years later. Like, I'd rather pay four ninety nine for a port of OutRun than it never coming out or paying like $50 because <laughs> the license fee was so much that they have to make up for it. And you kind of see that with... Um, limited run games recently releases they're doing some of the star wars titles and like for Mm. it's 80 bucks and all you're getting is a box and a poster and a game and like a pin and but you paid for them right well i I didn't buy any of them i haven't bought that one but like you look behind me here i have the toe jam and earl box sitting over here like that thing i think was that thing was 60 and it came with so much cool stuff so it's actually really cool yeah and so what do you get for the little pin what what what? Oh, I got uh for the Toe Jam and Earl like blind box pins. Yeah. Um, I got a mailbox and I got an ice cream truck. I got like a dude in uh with a. I got the guy, the old guy with the with the carrot mm. and Satan. Those are good. So, That's good. Good for yeah. you. <laughs> but you. I guess my <laughs> my my answer for this is that it doesn't bother me that they change things because this is not. Even the original team now changing them. This is people at Sega years later just trying to find a way to give a commercial release to these 30-year-old games so that they don't have to either get sued or pay crazy licensing fees. You know? I I agree. I, I am a little like Marilyn Monroe's face I think should have been kept. I don't know what, what was the legal mm. ramifications of all this because like it's literally a piece of art, right? Like Andy Warhol made that art piece literally of her face. Yeah. Multiple times. So I thought there was just her their take on it. Right. Um like pop culture art. So I think that should have stayed. I don't really care about slightly changing the ninja's outfit because Marvel gets mad. Marvel is a pain in the ass. Uh I used to play games where like um, there, I, there's this a game that came out a long time ago called City of Heroes, where you can make your own super superhero mm-hmm. and play online with other people. 
basically anybody that looked like a Marvel character was banned because Marvel was angry that people made their heroes in a game. So, like, I understand how Marvel is and how stupid they are. So, I, I don't really mind that. But the whole Marilyn Monroe thing, I'm, I mean, hopefully we get a version with my babe back on it. So <laughs> I just held up, it, held up to the screen the Sega Arcade Classics book. Um, it has a screenshot of that in it. Your, your, it's beautiful. It, it's, it's beautiful. Your babe. Yeah. Yeah, my babe. <laughs> Please. It, hopefully, well, now we're going to talk about this version of it that is coming out. Yeah. The Sega Ages Shinobi. I know it's so funny. We're just talking about how like we never see a version of Shinobi, but we're going to get one soon as the Sega Ages releases on Nintendo Switch. Right. Which will probably be the definitive version of the game, even without Marilyn Monroe, my babe. <laughs> uh, the port was announced earlier this year at Sega Fest 2019. So far, we don't know what's going to be new in this re-release. But as we know, M2 likes to add a lot of new content to these games. So, what do you think should be in the uh, the Sega Ages Shinobi re-release? I think they should somehow hide the cut content so that you can view it. I know that might be a little sneaky, but it's something yeah. I think fans would really get a kick out of. And I don't think I don't know. Like, would Sega really? I don't know. Maybe they would get what a. You se- think that- um, you think that like uh, Marilyn Monroe is going to come out of her grave and be like, yeah. no, they added me into this I like, saw her, unlockable mode. I visited her grave. I saw it. She she could get out. It's not underground. It's a mausoleum. It's, it's in the wall. Oh, God. Yeah. She's coming. And you know something creepy yeah. is that um, so many people have put on red lipstick and kissed her like uh, the little like door or whatever where yeah. that oh. that the marble is stained like pink, pinkish, reddish brown. Um, all right i mean if i die and, I, and i'm in a, in a in a building like yeah. that you think you'll come and kiss it with lipstick on? sure it? why not if you want me to i'll do that uh, right. yeah <laughs> why with lipstick like do, do men also put the lipstick they on might i mean who knows but um check out pictures of it it's it's kind of wild it's like white marble for everyone else and hers is like stained like reddish brown it's really weird Oh, so. but yeah, I, I would like to see something like that. The cut content. Um, I think I wanted to say the master system version. Like, is it really that hard to put the master system port on it? And I think it would be interesting if they like, maybe not the master system port because of, you know, the graphic downgrade and stuff, but having the rules from the master system in the original game, like kind of like a plus version of it. Uh, that would be pretty cool. And uh, the other thing is I would love to see the mobile uh, graphic game. That's never going to happen, obviously. The Chinese one uh, be included in it with, you know, D-pad and, you know, better uh, controls. That ain't going to happen, but that would be pretty cool. Because, like, I do like the graphics from the mobile game, even though it's a mobile game, you know. It looks cool. Yeah. It would be nice to play. And I, I, I would like to see more of these um, Sega Ages titles become, like... Uh, ways for them to release these other titles as bonus games because it's like we're never going to see sega ages game gear shinobi so why not put all the ports on it why not yep i mean this is your only time that we're going to get this game ever Ever. i mean like i don't see shinobi coming out again i don't know why just the way that things are moving i think people want like dreamcast and stuff that's or in sega saturn ports Mm -hmm. that's what they're like right now thirsty for Mm -hmm. um so this is a little segment I'm going to go through real quick because I want to talk about the Shinobi movie we, we, we might be getting in the future. Uh, Atari Sue Sega 
but Shinobi was supposed to go to Jaguar. So uh, it, uh, in the early 80s, Atari patented certain horizontal scrolling routines and the way they're displayed in its video games. Now Atari has announced that it believes Sega is infringing on some of those routines. So it's, talk, it's, talk, it's taking Sonic's parent company to court. According to Bob Broody, Atari's director of communications, Atari has been in discussions with Sega regarding the issue. But Atari felt that it had to take it to court action in order to resolve the problem. Representatives for Sega declined to comment. So this is from the, uh, what is this, GamePro uh, article from way back in the 90s. Uh, so that, they went to court, and then in September 94, Sega and Atari reached a settlement that involved a cross-licensing agreement to publish up to five titles each year across their systems until 20, 2001. So Sega was supposed to publish five titles on the Atari system hmm. all the way to 2001. Uh, Sega then acquired 40 million worth of stock in Atari and also uh, paid 50 million to license over 70 patents issued from 1977 to 1984. Shinobi's Master System version was one of the five titles approved to be ported over to the Atari Jaguar, but was never released. Other titles speculated was Virtual Fighter and Daytona USA. Uh, did you know about Atari basically sitting on patents and uh, suing Sega and this whole deal? And uh, what is your whole thoughts on, uh, like, I think Sega obviously lost a lot of money off of this because, like, Atari went bust. Yeah. The Jaguar went nowhere. They didn't even get to release one of the titles they agreed in court. Um, so <laughs> what's your whole thought on this? And, like, can you imagine some of the Sega Saturn classics having to be on the Atari because of some games that use some horizontal techniques that they patented that's yeah that's kind of skeevy of them like uh <laughs> um i know i'll defend sega's patent for crazy taxi but that's pretty specific taking passengers somewhere and having an arrow system pointing the way to go um yeah but like in this case that's a pretty broad patent so yeah yeah so they um so this was in 94 the settlement was reached so this is well after the Atari Tengen Sega games, so it's not like those were part of a deal, right? Doesn't look mm -hmm. like it. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't part of the deal. This they they reached their settlement in, on September twenty eighth, nineteen ninety four. So that would mean that it started from then going forward. Yeah. And what do you think about a Master System game? Like it's almost like Sega was sliding them. They're like, oh, you want us to release games on your uh, Jaguar? All right, we'll do a master system. That's kind of funny. Of that's a real fuck you to them because they're like, oh, but that's probably the loophole. They probably had their lawyers look that over and say, so we can pick the games. the games, and they're like, yeah, you can pick the games. Okay, well, we'll we don't want to ruin our brand, so we won't put bad games, but we'll put master system games from the eighties from ten years ago onto the Jack. Can you imagine, like, it's a single release, it's just Shinobi, and it's just a straight port of the Master System game? And how much you want to bet they knew about Sega doing these, like... Because, I mean, there was a few horizontal levels in the Master System version of Shinobi. Mm -hmm. How much you want to bet that they figured this out because they tore the game down and they ported it to the NES? So making money off the game probably made them figure out, oh, man, they're copying our patents. <laughs> Let's uh, sue them. Could be. That would be pretty funny. But, um... So, what a weird world. Looks like things didn't work out for them. I can't imagine Sega like mm -hmm. trying to bend over backwards to port like Virtua Fighter, Daytona USA. Like they were struggling as is to port those to the Saturn. I can't see them like 
putting any effort behind putting that on uh, uh, the Jag. Yeah, and uh, what's your opinion on the Jaguar? I know there's a lot of like people in the Sega community that there's some of them that have a soft spot for Atari and they have mm. a soft spot for the Jaguar. What do you? What's your whole opinion on the Jaguar? Um, I don't really care that much for it. Not that I dislike it. It's just kind of. It's one of those systems that, like, I, I guess I wouldn't mind, like, playing one or having it if I found it at a garage sale, but I, it doesn't really interest me. The games don't look all that great. The games that do look great are on other consoles. Um, I do know that Tom from the Dreamcast Junkyard was, like, huge into Jaguar. Um, oh, yeah. And then I think he sold all his Jaguar stuff, but it, I think he kept some things, but... Um, the one thing I really don't like about it is the Jaguar CD is like notorious for not working and nothing bothers me more than retro game systems where what they're known for is not working. Like, and not just like years later, but like at the time when they were released, they had a really bad, like, uh, uh, what is it? People, people would like buy it brand new and it wouldn't work. Like to me, that's just like, that's, awful <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> I, I like the 3do mm. i think the 3do has a more interesting uh history yeah. than the jaguar like the jaguar was just a pan in the flash like it's always a 3do but like i feel like it did more than uh most other consoles at the time yeah the 3 it was a wild west of consoles yeah so yeah the 3do did reasonably well i know i mean you know like here here i am kind of bashing the jaguar and i like the sega or the philips cdi um, but to me, the Philips CDI succeeded in being what it was, which was a multimedia player for your home, an educational entertainment device, and then it also played games. And I think the biggest uh, mistake that people make now is that, you know, we get people like AVGN or something and people go, oh, he's reviewing this terrible console. It's called the uh, Philips CDI. But people need to remember that back then, like we didn't really look at electronics devices as being one thing sometimes like it was kind of a new new craze to be like you have your um this machine that can play a cd it can play a dvd it can play your photo cds and it was basically a precursor to the computer now we don't look at computers now as being just for video games but imagine if if we did that with like the mac it would be terrible we'd be like the uh, the new 2019 iMacs are being announced, and we're like, yeah, but there's no good games for it, you know. Um, so that's my that's my completely unrelated to Shinobi rant about the CDI. Uh, Shinobi, let's one. We're gonna close this video up after this segment because we're already going over an hour. I'm surprised we were talking an hour about a game that takes 20 minutes to beat, but Shinobi. Got a movie announced all the way back in December 11th, 2014. Uh, we did the news article that Sega was opening Stories International right. and teaming up with The Walking Dead and the Fear of the Walking Dead production company Circle of Confusion, who have done shows like Powers, Outcast, and Dirt Gently. Mm-hmm. And they were working on adaptations for other IPs, not just Shinobi. Uh, back then, it was suggested that the, uh, that the IPs that had the most interest was Altered Beast. Streets of Rage, Shinobi, Rise of Nightmares, and Crazy Taxi. They're also interested in Virtual Fighter and Golden Axe. In 2016, producer Mark Platt, best known for La La Land, was attached to the Shinobi adaptations. Wow. So far, nothing has come out of it. Mark Platt has 
not mo uh, he's basically moved on and he's been doing the Disney live adaptations like Aladdin, Little Mermaid, and the upcoming Snow White. Mm. I didn't even know they were doing a Snow White. Uh, mm. Okay. I'm, I don't like the live action adaptation. I think a lot of people our age are going to continue saying this, but they'll be making billions of dollars. So there's an audience. Yeah. I'm happy for them. Uh, do you think that there could be a good Shinobi movie being adapted? Do you think the movie uh, should look into video game lore? Or just do whatever they want, like Paramount Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I hope, I hope not like that movie, but I, if it's a good idea, then maybe you know. I feel like a lot of people in the industry are waiting to see how the Sonic movie shakes out, but unfortunately, I don't think it's going to shake out all that well. Um, I think the lesson they need to learn, and we've said this a lot on our uh, Sega News bits about talking um, the Sonic movie, the lesson they need to learn is that people like the character they like the franchise they like the story the designs and when you drift so far away you get something like um ue bowl's house of the dead you know where it it doesn't have anything recognizable except other oh, zombies and i think they could really screw up a shinobi movie just by going oh it's ninja but if they actually yeah but if they actually went to the effort of like having joe joe musashi and having the backstory and you can adapt it a little bit. You can change some things, but still get that spirit in there. And I think, um, like, Samurai Jack is really popular. And I mm -hmm. think if they did, like, a live-action Shinobi movie and, and brought in the whole, like, I guess, time travel or whatever that's going on in those games, that would be pretty cool. Like, to have this traditional ninja going up against, like, robotic dinosaurs. Yeah, that would be, uh, be intense. It'd be, like, just an over-the-top... Like, I mean basically a superhero movie i mean mm -hmm. he's gonna be surfing right destroying uh robots and doing a bunch of crazy shit in uh asian like i mean in ninja of fashion i guess even though ninjas were sneaky but uh, uh there wasn't i mean do you think they should try to go for like a pg-13 marvel kind of uh hero take on it with a tragic backstory and uh, uh he has the duty of the clan on his back and he's basically a hero or you think they should go more grim, darker, I guess, rated R movie? No, I could see what you're what you're saying working really well. I think if they targeted like uh, preteens and teens, I think it could do it really well. Um, because as you've noticed, I mean, we've noticed full well, like Yakuza has really taken off. And to be honest, like a lot of the people loving those stories are like teenage boys, <laughs> you know? And I think it's because... Teenage men. Teenage men. Teenage men. Well, because... It, well, after you beat a Yakuza game, you're a man. That's true. That's it. Um, because I just... I, I think it really goes along with, like, anime right now. Like, Dragon Ball Z is really big again. Uh, with Dragon Ball mm -hmm. Super, Pokemon's really big. And I think if they kind of played into that um, sort of uh, audience of people who don't want to be spoken down to, but actually be given, like, these more adult stories, but with a more accessible younger person setting. I don't know. It's hard to put into words, but I, I could see them doing a really good Shinobi movie and I could see them doing a terrible Shinobi movie. Say I'm 100% with you. Ugh. And I think it's, it, it's interesting because like Marvel just announced their second wave of movies. And I feel like in their second wave of movies, they're taking genres and make it superhero genres. So it's like you got yourself a, martial arts movie with i forgot what it was called the superhero that's a martial artist mm. uh and then like they're like they're doing gender swap with um 
Well, I mean, technically Thor is now a comedy, so now it's going to be a romantic comedy where I'm assuming it's going to be the comedy is going to be that What's-Her-Name has the Thor's hammer and Thor wants it back, and that's going to be kind of like their relationship is going to be... Like, they're trying to, like, uh, breach genres. They're not comic book, but make them comic Marvel movies. You right. Know what I mean? Is so it wrong like, for me to say that this latest slate of Marvel movies is, like, the least exciting thing for me right now? I, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's funny that we say that because I think we all, like, had 10 years to, like, attach to these characters. But, like, if you told me 20 years ago as a kid or, like, when or when we watched the Sam Raimi uh, Spider-Man, mm. uh, you're going to care about Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America more than you care about Spider-Man. I'd tell you you're an idiot. <laughs> so, like, if, if Marvel could do hit that magic where you care about Thor and you care about the Hulk and you care about these characters you didn't care about years prior mm-hmm. they'll do a good job like i didn't even know who guardians of the galaxy was for a long time yeah. you know yeah so we'll see how they do it and i want to i want to see a shinobi movie that actually does well it would be interesting um i don't know if we're ready for the comeback of shinobi um we haven't had a game since the 3ds in 2011 i want to say mm-hmm. so i think it's uh it's been a long time it has this one came out 87 so i can't hopefully yeah we, hey, we got Super Monkey Ball back. That's now we did true. an episode of Shinobi. That's true. So, Sega, come on. Meet us halfway <laughs> here. And uh, that's our episode this week for Sega Talk. Uh, if you like the show, you can subscribe on Spotify, iTunes. You have an RSS feed. We're even on YouTube where you can see our faces. Don't watch it that way. It's probably best in audio. No. And uh, and uh, support us on Patreon. And you get to tell us what game we, we talk about. Look at our past episodes. Recommend us a new game to cover. And we'll catch you guys next time on Sega Talk. Bye. Bye.